mouth? What is it saying? This is a family show. Greetings, Pokey Pals, and welcome back to Aos Airwaves. My name is Gibbles and Bits, and with me is my bot lane bro and best friend, Deadbroke Nerd. Deadbroke Nerd, how you doing today? Welcome to episode 20. It's been a little bit. Episode 20? Wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, a nice, I do love the nice symmetry, the even number, like, you know, you love to see I it. had to go back and t- take a look at all of, like, the finished tracks that we've uploaded to know what episode number is, because right. before we record... I usually default to asking DBN what episode are we on, but now that I'm the one that's doing like the editing for it, I have all of the info I need up front in my own control, (laughs) so I shouldn't really have to ask anybody. It should just be me remembering what episode we're on. There you go. Yeah, perfect. It's, uh, yeah, episode 20, that's right. I mean, and technically we have a couple bonus episodes and some, you know, um, um no 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 i mean episode 19 is is still like um you know so i think we're we're doing a good we made it okay we we did it uh i think we might be i'm be curious when is the last yeah we are over a year uh oh that's cute we're over we're over a year one in our game play of pokemon unite with our competitive team i think we're probably getting close to a year with that oh yeah for sure a year and a half at least yeah we started in January, I think, of of 2022. So, yeah. But we are we're we're back in the studio for AOS Airwaves. It's been a little bit. A lot has happened in the game very quickly, and we have a lot to to get to today, uh, including some patch notes, uh, just some some high level patch notes stuff. Uh, there's a new event currently in the game. A whole bunch of new characters that mm-hmm. have been teased, released, and are coming very soon into Pokemon Unite. Um, that we have to talk about, and even some fun PTS server stuff that should be coming at some point, but have been, at least been leaked. Yeah, we'll 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 see when it we'll see when it drops. It probably will be a minute, but still, some very very cool stuff. And you know, we're uh, we're excited to start getting getting through it all. But uh, Gibby, how has your uh, how have your Pokemon Unite journeys been? I'll say not even to last week, last month. Yeah, it's it has been fun. I've picked up a couple new characters, and uh, and I say a couple new characters, but it was one purchase, one of them by accident. Um, I meant to buy Scissor and Scyther with the allotment of coins that I have in the game, which are the in-game currency that don't require me to spend real money, and I accidentally pressed the wrong button and bought it with gems, which is real money. Oh, no. So I was like, I was saving that for <laughs> no. a battle pass or for a new character when it dropped. And um, so, yeah, I'm now almost back down to zero depleted in, in the gems with no real money in the game, which is fine. It's not a big deal. But um, I do have Scyther and Scissor, and I was practicing that some. I was very curious to see how I felt about Scissor kind of post some of the the changes to to Bullet Punch. But I've also always been very curious to play Scyther. Uh, I think Scyther with the kind of the dual wing beat range to me has always been very intriguing. And I'm not like a speedster player by any means. I'm not a, a dash in, dash out kind of player. That's just not my natural play style. But I do really like Scyther and the the kind of combination, um, kind of the combo pieces that you can put together with his move sets. So I was practicing that some, but it's a great time. We've uh, previously, we said this, it's still true. 
it's a great time to be a mage player. There are with with spoon slick spoon still being where it is and it being very very strong. It has opened up a whole new world, uh, Aladdin style, to all of the different mages in the game to be useful in their own kind of way. Like um, Gardevoir doesn't have the same role as Espeon, who doesn't have the same role as Mew, who doesn't have the same role as even a Venus Solar Beam. But those all are in my wheelhouse of what I like to play. So I've kind of been bouncing around to all of my different mage options, having a really good time. And just being able to look at my team comps like in, in ladder and all of that and go, this is a best fit for this comp. I'm going to play this. But uh, I took a look over the past couple of weeks and my highest uh, win percentage character is maybe the magiest mage of them all, which is Decidueye. I think I'm starting to get to a place where my Decidueye play is at a really high level. And I'm laning with it too, which isn't something that is very, I don't know, easy to do. It's not where you typically see Decidueye, just because he can be a bit fragile in lane. Um, and getting to level five right out the gate coming out of the jungle is really important. But I'm finding a way to consistently play it in lane so we can be, and almost like in a deep and agree to your team comp, play something. Uh, that is very damage focused in the in the jungle and not take up that slot, but add that mage role to the bot lane and it really scales into the late game and it's won a lot of team fights. Just having that backline presence that is just so potent. Uh, Decidueye is doing very well as long as he doesn't get hard countered by something else on the other side of him. So uh, Decidueye is becoming one of my new mains. That's exciting because that, that's that's like... It's cool to rediscover something that's been in the game for a while, but that, you know, you, you haven't played a lot or, or, you know, played in a different role and, and get to um, experience that, like, refreshed. Like, I, I've recently sort of picked up Crustal again. Uh, it's still not great, but uh, playing Rock Tomb is a nice little natural synergy with some of the mages right now because you trap them in for some big AoE damage like Future Sights or chandelure which we'll talk about um so that's been fun because i would always play the shell smash uh run around sprint around the map and dunk sprint around the map and farm you know the enemy jungle play style so it was kind of uh, it's been fun to sort of rediscover crustal with the rock tomb combination so i get that um yeah dude the mages are in a wicked place right now it's uh it's i mean they've been that way but it just feels like it's it's like weird like you know how um like certain Pokemon have come in and completely warped the meta. Like, I mean, Zacian did for the first week, but like, you know, in the past, I'd say like, you know, probably probably like Duraludon for a while warped the meta. Like, I would say Zarina definitely did. You know, um, I think that this is the most warped meta, but it's subtler, and it's because of like Slick Spoon. Slick Spoon has completely redefined the meta. But people don't, I feel like people don't like think about how big of an impact it's had on everything because it's not just one Pokemon. It's it's every single Pokemon in this mage class is all of a sudden doing oogles more damage. Tanks are getting shredded faster. Um, you know, it's harder for, uh, you know, speedsters and all rounders to close the gap because they're getting blown up on the way there. It's It's interesting. Yeah, special attackers in particular, which most mages are, are just in a very great spot just because of the 
the additional damage item where typically it was, okay, I'm going to run choice specs. I'm going to run wise glasses, but what do I do with my last slot? Well, now you've got an answer and a lot of mage classes. Now they're just running choice specs, wise glasses and slick spoon. As long as there's not already some sort of static, uh, special defense kind of shredding, like on, like on a Sylveon hyper voice that tends to be just, let's just go full damage. Let's just sit in the back and hope they can't get to me and just go full damage. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's gonna be, it, and it's. I don't think that I don't see that ever changing. And may it might be, for, it might be for the best, because uh, you know I think that we lived in a world where y- you would typically play like one special attacker sometimes, uh, you know, for a while before Slick Spoon. That's not always the case, but like, you know, um, now it's like you're you're seeing entire teams running Slick Spoon, even the supports. It's kind of wild. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like hyper voice Sylveon and things, or, or even like, you know, a little bit underexplored in my opinion, like sludge bomb on, on Venusaur ripping more special defense. Oh, for sure. Opening up these huge opportunities to just chunk people. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I really have anything to report in terms of new things I've been playing. Um, you know, I, I did, uh, I'll pat myself on the back. I did get to play in the PUCL, mvp game so the the prime apes uh got second uh overall so congrats by the way because i don't think this happened before to the fully stacked team uh that uh got first place and and you know it's funny when they were doing the award ceremony uh um i forget one of the casters or one of the guys said you know and and uh with with past prime apes right on their tail and this and i'm like well maybe not <laughs> not quite that's very generous of you thank you but no fully stacked uh crushed the entire uh the entire league yeah we put up a we put up a good fight in second place and i think we were definitely handily in second place but we were also mm-hmm. not we were handily in second place above us as well like they yeah, fully yeah, they... stacked there was a margin <laughs> between us and them as well and they yeah. they were solid yeah. across the season hats off to them uh they played great mm-hmm. and um you know, it's even if you lose, I think it's I think it's maybe the experience that we've got in competitive games, like in real life sports, but also in esports, that yeah, the game recognized game, right? When you're, yeah. it's not always just about. I mean, you you strive to be the best, but when you're not mm-hmm. the best, it's important to be humble and give props, even if yeah. even if the other people. I'm not saying that fully stacked is 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 in this case, but even when the people that you're giving props to aren't humble about it. It's really important, yeah. I think, to take a step back and uh, appreciate the people that did put on a good show, that did play well, and give credit where credit is due, and, and give congratulations. So, um, well, and, and I think you know, getting ammunition to want to come back bigger and better uh, next time around, and you know, uh, just for the audience's sake, if especially if there's any EU listeners and you have a team. Um, get in contact with the Pokemon Unite Challengers League because um, I think they're going to want to, you know, fill up a, a roster, an even bigger league this time. Um, and, uh, you know, it's 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 really good. It's a good time. It'll be in starting in September again, I believe. And we'll probably have one of them on shortly before the league starts just to hype it up. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're they're they're absolutely friends of the of the podcast, but, um, and if you don't know how to get in contact with them, you can get in contact with us and we'll play middleman. We're more than happy to, uh, for sure. Yeah. PUCL is going to be, they've announced season two. They've, they've got some changes that are going to be some quality of life changes. That'll make this season next uh, year or next it's later this, uh, this calendar year, but in the fall Mm -hmm. coming up when they start up season two, uh, even better, bigger and better and better than before. So 
if you've mm-hmm. got an interest, if you've got a five stack or you're looking for some people to five stack with, I know there's teams that are looking for additional members to, to join them for the PUCL season two as well. Feel free to reach out to yeah. us. We'll get you in touch with the admins. We'll get you in touch with the casters and um, we'll get you connected. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it was a good time though. We got to, I got to play the in the MVP uh, match and played with some of the people from the other teams, which was a very unique experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, great group of guys, um, and we just we had a blast, man. Uh, it helped that we three would uh, the other team, the other MVP team, which included one of our other teammates. And I have to give him, I have to give him crap in a very gentle way. I'm not much of a smack talking person, but he was trying to get me to smack talk with him. Uh, <laughs> so here you go, Justin. I, I, I gotcha. I don't know. That's You're my smack talk. Going back to home base, buddy. That's forever. Great. Yeah. Woo. But anyways, no, it was a super, it was a super good time. And, and actually, uh, in in full defense to Justin, he absolutely uh, embarrassed me right before Ray at one point, catching me out uh, and solo killing me. So uh, even though we won the the uh, uh, the match, uh, there's still uh, still big respect. It was a lot of fun, and the award ceremony is really cool. You know, they the cool thing about the PSCL is they track all of the damage numbers, healing numbers, and all that cool stuff. Um, so that you know, giving out awards to everybody, and, and you know they're you know, it's impressive, man. A lot of esports, like especially startup esports groups and leagues and tournaments are nowhere near as, as ambitious or organized, which is a really cool thing to see. But, um, but yeah, so that's kind of been my, you know, my thing. I haven't, I guess I've been playing a lot of Dark Bear or Shifu, um, just when I'm trying to ladder. Everybody's big on the Water Bear, but like the Dark Bear, I don't know what it is, but it works for me. Like it feels super comfortable and i think that's like a thing like you have to have those comfortable pokemon where you're like yes like i i feel like i know this in and out like you know um and that's that's like something to to like let's like you playing cram and like you can play surf hurricane even though most people would would probably argue that dive you know air slash is quote unquote better yeah but you know personal preferences plays a big role in this stuff but anyways let's let's jump ahead so we wanted to check out the poll results from the last episode so if you recall we asked a few questions here first we did a a poll saying what do you think is the most balanced pokemon in pokemon unite uh we got a few answers the ones that i think i've got the the one that i think is the probably the most accurate uh, which is from Mega T2, which is I think Lucario is pretty balanced. I actually, I actually agree. I think Lucario is perhaps one of the most like balanced Pokemon in the game. Strong, but not oppressive. Um, I th- it has a clear role. I don't know what you think, Gibby. I think I like that answer though. I think Lucario is perhaps the most balanced Pokemon in in Unite. Maybe Blastoise is in the discussion there for strong, but not like uh, as uh, now that the bug is fixed, um, you know, broken. Yeah. Um, I think my answer for most balanced would be something like a Pikachu. Mm-hmm. I think Pikachu is very mm-hmm. solid and useful and I never scoff at seeing a Pikachu on my team. And there are Pikachus that pop off and there are Pikachus that just feel a little lackluster sometimes based on sure. the move sets but i think the variety of the move sets the 
the the level at which each move set can be used is unmatched within the game. Mm-hmm. And the ult feels like a true ult, but it doesn't just delete people without without good timing and good situational recognition. So I think I think my answer yeah. would be Pikachu. That's a, that's not a bad answer. I I think I can I can understand. That. I think it, Pikachu's maybe a little bit less powerful than like Lucario and Blastoise, but that doesn't mean it's not uh great. You know, correctly balanced. I think I wouldn't change anything to Pikachu right now. I think it's got a very nice, clear role. It's funny. This is a little bit of a sidetrack, but um, Unite. I think it was I think it was Unite DB. No, it was MathCord. I think released their own not database, but I guess the people at MathCord uh, ranked their uh five stack like competitive draft mode tier list pikachu was like really low like d tier they had like s all the way to e like to e tier so s a b c d e and pikachu was like d tier and i I looked at that i was like i don't think i there's a lot on that i don't agree maybe that's a fun discussion for another time but um uh, yeah there were some really interesting hot takes on that where i was like i i do value pikachu more than d tier now obviously they probably aren't considering like formats like we've been playing in with stacking bands we're like okay espeon's gone mew is gone let's grab a pikachu but i'll I'll, you know there's a lot of things that don't see play in in a draft mode without any sort of additional band system going on and i still think pikachu is better than d tier i do as well um as someone who plays pikachu and also just watches other people play Pikachu as well in games that I'm against or or just clips and things like that. I do think that Pikachu is a bit better than than a, than D tier for sure. But yeah, I think that would be an interesting conversation to have is around the specific draft, not just a competitive aspect, but a draft mode because there are definitely some differences in priority and viability with certain mons based off of what kind of what mode you could expect to be adding them to your team do you do you have is it all blind or do you do you have some information about what you're playing against and then just shout out to uh the most amusing response to me uh which is from someone i think called dab famlet uh (laughs) who said not zara aura (laughs) <laughs> he's like i don't he's like i don't know you know what i respect I don't know what that. the most balance is but I it ain't zara tell you it's not that i'll tell you what it isn't it isn't zara uh we also did a poll how good is lapras uh the categories were s straight cracked a almost the best b better than most c crappy but fun and d don't even bother uh interesting results because this is uh this was before the initial Lapras nerfs. Now, I happen to think Lapras is still in a phenomenal spot, even after the like subtle water pulse nerfs. Right? Um, nobody voted for S tier, which is interesting because I think it was borderline S tier before. Yeah. Twenty five percent said A, almost the best, and seventy five percent said B, better than most. Now, here is the interesting thing. Last time we spoke, you and I talked about it in a way that ended up not being accurate to how people were playing it. We were viewing it as like this, wow, like it's a single stage tank. You can play it with an XP share. You're not going to get Evo gate kept. You know, it's got decent, you know, lockdown and damage and sustain without a whole need for stacking. And yet the water pulse damage scaling is nutty. It still is 
nutty. And so people said, you know what? Screw that. Trevenant be damned. We're going to play this top lane as a, as a, you know, top lane semi carry, uh, that's going to put out ridiculous numbers and be impossible to kill between the shell armor, the stuns, uh, from uh, Bubble Beam, as well as the shielding from Bubble Beam, and the longer it stays in battle, the more the damage stacks up. Uh, it got it got nutty. Um, where do you think it is now? Well, and initial to, buffs to our to our defense, we didn't buffs. have stat numbers on certain on certain things within the kit. So some of the the passive stats and or even just move stats sure. and how they scaled. We don't, I don't think we knew at that time, but we just kind of evaluated from maybe the overall usefulness of the kit. I would have absolutely said it was S tier just because of the tankiness and the, the, the damage output for the role that it can put in mm-hmm. and the flexibility. Yeah. I, I would have said like, like low S I still think it's a, it is still I think it's a right now. I think it is a solid a, and we talked about this briefly offline the nerf that happened and we'll get to that. We're going to give a very high level overview of the most recent patch that just came through that is active now in the game. But I think what, I think they're looking at maybe some of the wrong thing. Well, no, the last patch that they, that they put in there wasn't bad, but I think it just they didn't do quite enough. It didn't do quite enough. And I'm, and we've talked about this before. We're okay with stair stepping down. So where they're not just obliterating something out of existence, just because it's strong in the game. Like things are allowed to be strong. Yes, but and, totally and it's not even like a discouraged like you shouldn't have things in the game that are strong because by default, if you try to make nothing strong, something will always something will be something will always be a little stronger, even if it's by a smaller margin. So like it's, it's kind of a losing argument to try and get to that point, but get as close to balance as you can. And I, I think Lapras was a bit too tanky for the amount of damage it was putting out. And that's they, they fixed the they scaled back the problem child move that was contributing to the most amount of damage it's still good but it's still really good and it still does a lot of damage and you know spoilers here we're not going to touch on that this time because it is something that just there's there's too much to cover but there is leaks coming out as of last day or two about patch notes and it looks like lapras is getting a pretty big hit again um so you know the uh, the poll results uh, in hindsight may actually look pretty accurate by the time the uh, the devs are done with Lapras, but uh... <laughs> and I would be willing to bet that maybe some of the initial view and why we got a lot of like low A like B tier responses is the overwhelming more enticing move from like a just on what it does is Parish song. is Parish Song and Parish Song has yeah. overwhelmingly come out as the less strong move of the two. Yeah. People are almost like, oh, you're playing Parasong. Okay, I don't have to worry about Lapras on this game. Which is a shame because I, I didn't think that Parasong was bad. I actually, you know, you and I played a few games on the day it came out, and I was popping off with Parasong. The thing is, you need team. Like, you need a team to help you do damage so that the Parasong gets the executes, right? Um, the Water Pulse, I literally watched a Comfy, or a, uh, a Lapras with a Comfy attached to it, like, kill three or four people. Uh in uh, one of the MVP games um, that we played where um, they just kept, you know, these different people kept running in expecting to be able to kill the Lapras. Um, but with the comfy attached, and this is post comfy nerfs, which we'll talk about still, the Lapras was just able to continue stacking water pulse, continue stacking water pulse. And by the end of this fight, he'd killed, you know, three or four people. And uh, the rest of the team had pushed in their bot objective. So, you know, <laughs> uh, or their, their bot goal. So, it's um, 
I think it's necessary. You know, what's a shame to me is how underwhelming Ice Beam feels because I think that Bubble Beam is just so incredibly good. Ice Beam um, initially leaked, seemed interesting. The damage feels crappy. The like the move, uh, the move speed increase from sliding across the ice and the slow feel um, minimal. It just it's a it feels so. I would really love to see the ice beam get brought up. I'd love to see the Paris song get brought up, and let's see. You know, obviously the other two moves, which we know will. Spoiler alert: You can look it up yourselves, guys. But uh, they're both getting hit. Um, <clears throat> so. Yeah, Lapras, interesting position. Going to see a lot of fluctuations in power level, um, which is an interesting thing to see compared to Zacian, which has, I guess because it's a box legendary, really has a very different approach. Lapras has been getting aggressively monitored, um, and yet the Zacian is getting stair-stepped. Very interesting like differentiators there, but let's move on. Um, so speaking of the patch notes, do you want to like loosely quickly overview us on, you know, what got buffed, what got nerfed? Um, and if there's anything that stands out to you amongst that, that's worth discussing. I'm sure our more regular players within our, our audience are aware of these, but, uh, for anybody who's sort of more casual player, what should they be on the lookout for? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll go through it real quick, just on a very high level. What got buffed, what got nerfed from a from a character perspective, and maybe what's significant and what's not. Uh, Comfy. Comfy got nerfed. Uh, a lot of the healing, the, the, the static healing on the character and the overshields that it gives if the character's at full health, that's got nerfed. Uh, the stun time on Magical Leaf and the damage from Magical Leaf got nerfed. The Unite from Comfy got nerfed for Flowery Fields Forever. So overall just huge hits to to comfy's kit i don't think comfy's not playable i just think comfy is significantly worse than it was and it's not it's not the 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 broken character enabler that it previously was and i'm happy that it's not anymore uh the damage got nerfed on espion we saw that coming uh or at least it needed to happen and i don't think that it is it is a significant change to espion's damage but espion is still Seeing plenty of play, still quite strong, especially with Psyshock. The the stun didn't get touched, the stun duration, and neither did the range. So Psyshock, still a great move. Yeah, just the just the damage. Uh one thing I, I immediately noticed was you do have to sort of recalibrate for your laning for secure, but uh it's still phenomenal. Yeah, and that's not too bad. I mean, also it the part of what got nerfed on the on the Psyshock damage is the the ratio but it and in the and the per level scaling so when you're at your earlier levels you probably won't feel the damage nerf as much granted the base did get hit as well but it's more as it scales it's not going to scale as hard into the late game lapras we've talked about the water pulse getting nerfed uh which was which is good and then they fixed a bug on the on the ult we won't go too deep into lapras since we kind of know that it's pretty much got all it needs in its kit and will probably mm-hmm. receive a bit more, but still very playable. Cinderace got one of the most uh, sought after adjustments, or at least after, when you look at the patch as a whole, people went, oh, okay, that's really interesting. I don't think Cinderace was on anybody's um, radar to get buffed, but it's also not one that I think a lot of people are, are looking at and going, I disagree. Like it didn't need that. Pyroball. Pyroball got buffed. Uh, a lot more damage now with that, with that move. 
Noticeably, yeah. Yes, noticeable damage. Uh, where we think it falls within kind of power level, like if it is it is it still is that still the best move? Do we think that it is it makes Cinderace a top um, damaging carry now within the or within the jungle? That's still kind of the jury's still out. Some people have different opinions on that. Uh, faint received a two second cooldown, so that's a buff to faint. It goes off more often, and then the the damage. Or not, uh, I'm sorry, not the damage, but the uh, kind of some of the the casting with the Unite move cooldown of the Blazing Bicycle Kick got buffed. So you are now unstoppable while casting it. Uh, That's they, huge. They decreased the timer in which it uh, re-ups. And yeah, just the overall cooldown or the Aos energy requirement. Those kind of go hand in hand with um, how often the move comes up for you. So unstoppable and comes up more often now. So big change it's not one that you really get to put stats to so much as like a damage nerf or a damage buff or something like that but the unstoppable piece just not having your alt get canceled and being able to get it off reliably when you want to is big so that is uh, Mm -hmm. a huge a huge boon for uh for cinderace scissor scissor received uh some buffs uh defense buffs Per stack, when you get your, when he gets its stacks, is now um, has been increased. Uh, the the bullet punch cooldown has been reduced. So overall, when you're running bullet punch and you're getting those defense stacks, basically in essence, scissor is a lot tankier now. Uh, Big time. Did it push Cinder or Scissor up into top tier? Is it now the premier um, lane damage for for top lane? I don't know. But it is definitely in a better place where it was overwhelmingly, and granted that's also partially to the to the Zosh encounter. But uh, it was considered one of the weakest mons in the game, and I don't think it is that anymore. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, there's a situation in um, practice the other day where myself on Buzzwall and a Slowbro with me dueled a Scizor in the jungle, and we ended up having to just split up split ways. And there was just a handshake agreement of like, okay, neither of us is going to get anything done here. Uh, because you know, uh, slow bro and Buzzwool, we couldn't do enough damage to kill it, but it kept like, cause it kept healing out of it, but it couldn't do enough damage to take out either of us because anytime it walked up to the Buzzwool, I would CC it. And anytime it walked to the slow bro, it would just amnesia out of it uh like the remove the you know so it's like weird because like it doesn't do enough damage to solidify kills but it also stays around or to solidify kills on its own i should say but it also sticks around so long that it's hard to actually take down without a solid you know heavy spike of damage from something like a big crit or a huge you know spell move i think that's probably its weakness still as mages but yeah, very interesting. Very different. A lot of people have mixed opinions. You know, you've got some very public figures like Spragle saying, Scizor is still garbage, don't play it. And yet, you know, some of the internal testing we've done, we've got a couple people on our team, like, actually, Scizor has a role now. Like, it has like it has um, a big strength that it contributes. It just, you have to cover its weaknesses with the other picks in a five stack. So I think that's a, a probably a really good sign going forward. Yeah, I think I think it's got a lot more viability, but it it is not going to be an answer across the board. Like maybe I think some people are hoping that it would be. Like it's not it's not going to be. That's fine. Yeah, and I I don't think it's a wrong. It's a bad place to be. Uh, Gudra Gudra received some buffs to the Dragon Pulse healing, so that beam that it fires out 
it now receives a lot more healing kind of flat. And as it goes through, um, goes through levels, it's definitely going to scale better. And it, I think an increase on the GUI effect as well. Well, they, yeah, apparently there was a bug that was messing with the GUI application, like duration. Right. Um, and anecdotally, I have felt like Gudra is hugely better. Maybe not, you know, top tier, right? Like I think Trevenant and Blastoise are still the premier, like multi-stage Evo damaging defenders, right? But boy, um, I tell you what, Gudra, Gudra feels like it can really pop off. Highly independent. Um, I think Acid Spray is legitimately like a play now. I think everybody had kind of largely settled on uh power whip as the other move besides dragon pulse um but i i think that with the extra gui application now that it a lasts longer and b you know the the gui provides additional effects to your other moves if you know gui is applied um it, it, it gudra feels great actually I, I genuinely love gudra uh right now um compared to what it was before which felt very mid so um yeah it's really good and and dragon pulse in my opinion was not the move that needed the bigger buff uh but boy howdy uh you heal so much yeah it has got a lot of healing to it now and you you just survive fights that you just don't expect to anymore like every preconceived notion about how much you can one-on-one fight a a gudra is you have to throw that out the window because it's it's so vastly different than what it was previously able to survive or able to do. I mean, granted, it's not going to be the world beater, like destroying a bunch of people and a a big team fight, killing a bunch of people that you'd expect it to be like, but I've seen a Gujar with a comfy on it where you're just like, I, you have to ignore it. You 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 literally can't do anything, but just kill everybody else. And then just hope that you can jump it in the streets in the middle people that lived. Right, like everyone, everyone, grab your crowbars and your two by fours, and we all just start smacking Gudra at one time. Like that's what you have to hope that you can do. Yeah. If if you've got got any sort of healing support, you're just like, okay, you are now no longer my focus. It's like a, it's like it's like Greedin. You just you just can't look at Greedin anymore. Yeah, you just have to kind of ignore it. Yeah, no, I think I think, uh, and it's interesting you bring up Greedin. I think Greedin is weirdly like the Barry Rat is in a really garbage position right now, um, because you've got Pokemon that are defenders that are more mobile stickier you know i do deal more damage slash you know have more like cc you know they're more resilient like i i don't know besides just the annoyingness of greedent and its ability to escape everything that just doesn't seem like uh and which i'm fine with i hate greedent for what it's worth but um you're i think that that comparison is apt it feels like a a greedent feels like an all-rounder some of the time you know, but an all-rounder that doesn't have, like, good CC outside of its ult. Gudra feels like Greedent as a defender, which is great. And Glaceon. We're continuing to try to, to power through these these changes. Glaceon got buffed. Icicle Spear cooldown is now from five and a half seconds to five. The damage per crystal is up uh, by a couple percentage points on ratio per level, and but the base slightly went down. So it's Supposed to be supposed to be a little weaker early, and it's going to scale better. Uh, and then the ice shard, which is the move that typically gets paired with ice school spear, 
to help build up those crystals faster after you fire them all at somebody in a machine gun style. Uh, not only does the attack speed bonus that you get from Ishard buffed, but the duration in, in which the attack speed buff attack speed bonus is uh, lasting and the move is lasting is also buffed as well. So it ice shard gets you your gets you your icicle crystals faster than your crystals do more damage. It is it is important to know currently that that move from what I understand is bugged, doing a lot more damage. Yes, yeah, spear is bugged, doing a lot more damage when it fires the crystals than it should be doing, specifically to um specifically to wild Pokemon. So the damage that it's doing to regular enemies is absurd, but it is intentional. But it does something like 50% more damage or something to neutrals. So it farms wicked fast once it has Ice Spear. And it with a fully charged set of um, Icicle Spears with like all the crystals, it basically takes like two blasts of um, Icicle Spear to kill uh, a Reggie. Plus some change. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So it's waiting in the absurd. You can clear Reggie in like ten seconds or something like that. So in essence, expect to see Glaceon in every single game that you play because somebody is gonna is gonna try to abuse it. I mean, it's 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 absurd. It's really really strong. I played a random game of it, and I just I I almost never play Glaceon. Gibby knows this. I almost never play Glaceon, and I popped off for like ninety k damage, and we didn't even like they surrendered. Like right after Ray, so I didn't even have the additional like stat padding damage. And the last change uh, is to Ninetales. Ninetales received a nice, I think, well deserved buff yes. uh, to Blizzard. Blizzard received a, a two second cooldown from nine seconds to seven seconds, and then the area of slow that kind of comes out at the end of the Blizzard, uh, the intensity of that slow was increased, and it also received a uh, cooldown buff. Uh, to its alt, where its alt comes up uh, considerably faster. I think it got it got buffed by roughly twenty two seconds, mm-hmm. so it comes up almost every or under every two minutes now, which is fantastic. So uh, we've been playing some Nine Tails around, and Nine Tails feels great. The I love the CC build; that's my preferred way to play Nine Tails. And now um, I heard some really great commentary that the cooldowns for both of the moves between Blizzard and um, I. Yes, Avalanche. I was going to say Icewind. I was like, I know that's not right, even though it's within the same theme. The, the cooldowns now match, which means yeah. that you can essentially fire it in a combo over and over again. You don't have ever have this mismatch of waiting for one move to pop up while the other one is ready to go. Which was a big issue because it basically meant, because they weren't on the same cooldown, one was at 7 and one was at 9, it basically meant that equivalently, because you had to use them together, they both were basically at 9 which was a problem for the character or longer. If you, if you just said, screw it, I don't want to sit around while I'm doing nothing and I need to fire something at somebody who's charging at me. You fired the move that you've got available to you, hoping to ward them off. And now that yeah. one's on cooldown. The other one comes up and it just becomes a whole thing. It's, it was, it became very high. Change. It became very hard to team fight. So uh, amongst that were other bug fixes uh, to a bunch of characters, which really aren't yeah, that much notable. Um, some volume fixes to the imprison on Chandelure because it was so that was ridiculous. Yeah. It was so loud, a it was like a shotgun blast. Yeah. Uh, did you mention Comfy at the beginning? Yes. I don't remember that. To me, is something that I think we should just quickly touch on. How do you feel that has been? I see a lot less people playing Comfy than I than I previously did, and I'm not going to base my evaluation of Comfy strictly off of play rate, but I do think it is important that. 
we are seeing less comfy players. I still think comfy is fine. It is still enabling some very broken combos, some very strong characters, but it is not... I don't know. I feel like it's still doing exactly what Comfy wants to do, which is I'm taking up basically another slot on your team to make something else better. I still think we have a little bit to learn as a player base on how to play around Comfy and the character that is on the Comfy, like we talked about with ignoring the Gudra. I think that can apply when you're when possible to a lot of whoever Comfy is strapped to is you have to team fight it very effectively. My bigger issue with Comfy still is not has nothing to do with Comfy. It's and we can talk about this briefly because I know we were planning to. Is the there are two Mons that did not get touched in this patch that I was very disappointed to see, being yeah. Urshifu and Zashin. Neither of them received any changes, any buffs in this patch, and the the community was I think in shock, in awe, like in a negative way across the board while some people may not think that Zashin or I, I know very few people who think that Zashin's a problem, but who I think they're think? who don't think that Zashin is a problem. Right. And I think the, there's a, there's a mixed opinion, but more overwhelmingly that people also agree that water bear is a problem. Right. The nurse to comfy helped that issue a little bit, but it is, you didn't fix the problem because you still have these broken top tier characters out there that you easily could have touched that didn't water bear. I is, is the bane of my existence seeing across from it. I know you don't like seeing Greninja's across from you because of the invisibility with the smoke screen. screen. I hate it. I hate smoke screen. I also don't like Chandelure for the same reason. I hate when things mess with my vision and my information. Like it just drives me nuts. Yeah. But but for me, the ability for a character to, at level five, just dive all the way to your tier two goal yeah. in your flux zone while you've got your tier one still up and you're safely retreating. You grab both of your berries and you're retreating in your flux zone and they can just chain kick their whole way up your flux zone and still kill you in an area that they have no business being in at level five mm-hmm. is a problem. And it, it makes me very like surprised that it didn't get touched and therefore comfy is still relevant because there are these broken things out there. Comfy is not the enabler anymore, but it is that it once was, but it it is not, I don't know. I, maybe I'm not, I'm not describing this in the best way. It is not the enabler that it once was, but it is still enabling. I I would agree with that, but I think that like, and we've seen this too um, ourselves anecdotally, like you don't need comfy for water bear to be, to be, really strong in a problem like you actually don't need it so um yeah i i think that basically we have looked at some of these pokemon that are you know typically paired with comfy and i have been like blaming comfy for the majority of the time because i think that comfy is um you know really non-interactive which is frustrating for people i also think it's very low skill expression and now i know that you know Jumping off and jumping back on at times can be, you know, if you know what time it is, that's a cool way to, to play. But the reality is that you're right, Gibby. Like Zashin and Urshifu, um, arguably Dodrio as well, are all characters that can, for whatever reason, ignore uh, your flux zone and dive way behind enemy lines. They gap close 
impossibly fast. They invade jungle uh, incredibly early and with incredible efficiency because they have these big spikes of damage. They have increased mobility and they can get away with it, which is fine. And I'm not against people diving flux zones. I'm also not against people invading jungle. But the problem is, is when there's a comfy on them, they get away with it even if the team shows up. And even if you do what you're supposed to do, which is, okay, let's send three people to handle this speedster. The Urshifu, without a comfy, might kill one or two of them. The Urshifu with a comfy kills all three and then breaks the goal and then keeps pushing. You know what almost, I mean? Almost certainly. <clears throat> like it almost, almost certainly. Yeah. And I think that there's like an argument for like, one of the things that makes Urshifu in particular very infuriating is how unpredictable the movement is. And it can be really hard to skill shot against it. I think that there's like there's some ways that you can mitigate that with things like Volt Tackle Pikachu and, you know, lock on moves, right? Um But the reality is is that it's it's incredibly frustrating to to be against I hate Water Bear myself, despite being a dark bear enjoyer. Um, <laughs> um it it's it's problematic. Now here's the interesting thing. You and I talked about this very briefly, and we won't reinvent the wheel wheel here. I'm gonna pose this question to you, and I think I know your answer. Um, is Zashin still S tier? Yes, I think it is. I think it is still S tier, and I think it is a different S tier now, if that makes sense. Before you could be a toddler and play Zashin and relatively probably still hit 70k in damage because not only was it broken intent like like where it was it was intentionally right. where it was supposed to be at broken wise and it was bugged but then they fixed the bugs and they've nerfed it one time they're stair stepping it down as we understand but it it is still way overpowered the major part of Zashin that is the biggest issue is the stats are still insanely insanely broken and to me if you are a high level player or if you are a good player that is actively not trying to reinvent the wheel or you're not doing if you're if you're not actively bad at Zashin, you are good at Zashin. If you have a a average to good setup on your items, if you have a good battle item, if you pick a move set that fits your play style and you actually relatively understand how to play the moves, you will be murdering people with Zashin. He's still overpowered and his kit is way better than a lot of, if not everything else that is in the game. If you just aren't bad at the character, you're going to take over games. I hear you. So I like the you. ceiling on Zashin has not really depleted. Ah, see, that's the thing. That's where I was going to attack because I think the ceiling's lower now. I think, I think the floor, I think the floor is, is, inc- is incredibly low. It's I so think the floor, easy. It may be the ceiling is a little lower, but the floor, you, you've dropped the floor out of Zashin. Well, the floor where... at the beginning was non-existent. Anybody could pick up Zashin and obliterate. As they have fixed the bugs and nerfed the character, the floor has risen. And that's where you'll see the idiot Zashin players that only ever knew how to play Zashin when it was bugged to hell, right? They're struggling. I'm sort of excluding them here. Because I think that you are right. For a competent, skilled player, the floor is still very low. Like, you don't have to... Ma- like, it's an 
uncomplex character, assuming you understand how the sword charging works. If you understand how the sword charging works, it is an, it is an uncomplex character. Zarina is more complex than this. Greninja is more complex than this. Lucario is much more complex than this because it doesn't have the margins, right? So like, okay, what? Where am I coming? Where am I? What am I getting at here? Um, I'll wrap up this thought just for the purpose of of you know expressing this i think what is to me lowering zashin in my brain is one comfy being nerfed having played it the healing really isn't as much i definitely definitely feel the reduction in healing and the reason that that is like noticeable on zashin in particular is zashin is a fully committed move when you jump in, you throw your Sacred Sword down, you throw your second Sacred Sword down, you probably get the kill there. But it's hard to get back out in the way that Urshifu can, in the way that Dodrio can. And so those margins of healing, to me, are really important in order to give you and buy you the extra seconds, buy you the extra time to get back out. And here's the second thing. Zashin, because of the way it plays... It's predictable. The thing that drives me nuts about Dodrios and Urshifus is they're unpredictable. But if Zashin's charging at you, it can't double dash and close the distance or dash up and then down or, you know, loop around and then drill pack or, you know, ult from right to left and then drill pack from left to right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of ways that you can take fights on some of these other characters that with Zashin you really just you run forward you know and if you're predicting it if you can if you see if you have vision on the zashin it's a lot easier to counter it's a lot easier to manage because you know what it's doing it's super strong but i i've been finding it very easy to predict recently so i just wanted to throw that out there so in my mind i view zashin as like bottom of s tier now Maybe even top of A, but only if I'm being very stringent on what's in S tier. If I'm being more like, you know, open, like, oh, Chandelure, very strong. Chandelure's S tier. Glaceon's, well, because of the bug, Glaceon's for sure S tier. Oh, Slowbro's S tier. But like in my mind, Espeon, still bonkers. Still a, a, it should be in most, if not all, competitive games on some side. But I think it's A tier now. I think Espe's A tier. I think of Zashin in the same way. I, or have I been think... have been floating in that direction, which to Justin's credit, uh, he's been saying it for a while, and I didn't agree with him, but I've been slowly coming around to that concept. Yeah, I think we have uh, a little bit of a different evaluation with the overall strength of Zashin, but relatively have the same agreement that it is it is less strong than it was, but it is still very very good in game and yeah um, is uh, still a problem that could use some tuning down. Mm-hmm. Um, one character real quick that we haven't gotten a chance to touch on on our previous episodes that we didn't uh, go in depth on that I'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we can just give a quick letter grade to. It's been in the game for, I'll say, a couple weeks, maybe even a month now, but to the point where it's taken some uh, effects in a patch is Chandelure. Chandelure are the newest mage to the game. Um, big, big old candlestick running around. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we've had Shandy in the game now for, like we said, for a couple weeks now. If you Three had weeks, to get a son. Just about because it was right. It was dropped right after our last episode. Yeah, three so, weeks, I think maybe. So, if you had to give a quick letter grade, S A B C D, 
to Chandelure, uh, as it stands, where would you put it? I'm going to be at the risk of being wrong, okay? So, like, I'm aware that this could be overzealous. I kind of put it bottom of S tier. I think Chandelure is incredible. I think Interesting. it's really, really good. I put Chandelure in A tier. Uh, having played some Chandelure, I think... And I, 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 I put this caveat on it. If you were going to blind pick into... If you were going to blind pick into ranked with Chandelure... It is not as good as you think it might be. If you, you are know, going, that's a if, great point. If you're going to five stack with it, even if, even if you're going to go in in blind pick five stack, like if you're going to queue into ranked with it, but you have control over who your team is and you can communicate, Chandler gets better. If you were going to draft mode, Chandler gets even better yeah, because you're going to find yeah. the situations. Yeah, I think it's S tier in draft. I think you're right. I think it might be A tier overall. Because I, I'm, it, I'm, I'm, I've turned around. I'm on your side now. I'm, uh, you've Chandelure is, is just fr- is just fragile enough and doesn't have the escapability just enough. Yeah. That if you can't control who's on on the other side of you, yeah, and you can't control the amount of front line that you have, it is not great. It is, yeah. it is, it is average, and you will probably pick up some kills but you are expendable. You just have to realize that your body mm-hmm. is expendable in the game and you're going to probably have to play a little too far forward from where you comfortably would in a organized a team fight. It's, it's, a, a, it's yeah. spacing. That's the biggest thing is you have to but, play in a different space and recognize what you have with you or what's against you. I've been saying this. I think that it's this weird hybrid between Del Fox and Gardevoir where I think it, it, it like plays... Uh, spatially like a uh, Gardevoir because it doesn't have a flame charge or anything like that to escape, but it has so many powerful, unique components like a Delphox that pr- make it such a high value in draft because not only does it do oogles and oogles of damage, it has uh, the only silence in the game and one of only two things that reduce visibility around key objective fights. The alt visibility thing is like, crazy good and it's like especially for supports and defenders it is it is just uh debilitating so um and then of course if you spaced correctly uh you have a absurdly high damaging laser beam so like i think that what's what makes it in my mind such high value especially in these draft modes is the level of uniqueness of features that you can't get from any old mage um and the damage that it puts out is top tier. It really can put out damage if you can protect it. But I think you're right. Uh, a little bit harder to execute on when you don't have reliable spacing. So I think I'm fully on board A tier. I've changed my tune. I'm with you. But tell us what you guys think. Um, I don't know if I'll put that as a question uh, because I think that the answers will likely be one of only two responses. Um but, but you know, tell feel us free to uh, tell us in the Discord because I would be really keen on breaking this discussion down. Um, let's move on, though, Gibby. Uh, what do we have next on the agenda? So we've got a brief conversation about maybe not looking backwards so much, but what's currently here and maybe a little bit of looking forward as well. We're kind of going timeline structure here. The EV event just dropped. Yeah. And that is cool because it's it's a pretty cool event where you can collect puzzle pieces by playing. The first stage of it was collecting um, puzzle pieces by playing a, a what they I think it was like their block challenges, they called it, where mm-hmm. there were 16 different characters you could play. 
And as long as you got a win in a standard mode, ranked match, quick play, whatever you wanted to do, uh, you could play any of these characters, get 12 wins, and you would earn 25 puzzle pieces. And we don't exactly have the ability yet to redeem puzzle pieces. I would expect that to come up once Umbreon is dropped in a day or two. Mm-hmm. But for now, we've got that. And then this the the next evolution of this uh, EV event was every week for the next, I think, four to five weeks, there's going to be a different randomly selected character that you get where you have to win six matches with that character and you'll earn another 10 puzzle pieces. And every week, the per, the character that it is will change. I'd imagine the first couple weeks why well, this week for sure had to be something that was already existing in the game between sylveon glaceon or espion mine was sylveon so i got my six wins i got my 10 puzzle pieces so i'm currently seeing at 35 puzzle pieces what we don't know is how many do you need in order to be able to unlock a new character which you will be able to do with those puzzle pieces so collecting those ahead of time and making sure you're staying up to date with the weeks, because I don't know if you'll be able to go backwards. If you're in week three, be able to look backward into week one and play that, that character mm-hmm. and still earn those puzzle pieces. I don't know if it's going to be something like the, the Zoshin event where once you have, if you have once a max number, right. If you have a max number of puzzle pieces or whatever it was at that time that you could collect and the week resets, are you still able to go back and, or the day resets, are you able to go back and earn them still? Or does it reset and it's, a, and it's kind of a sunk cost at that point? Right. So I would advise everyone for now until we have more information to stay up to date on your event just to make sure you don't miss out on the ability to maybe unlock something for free. It's a good reminder for me. I t- tend to like not play Unite focused on the quests and stuff because mm-hmm. usually they don't matter. Uh, but this, this is a good reminder to go ahead and actually complete those those quests. <laughs> Yep, and um, I think they give and I think they give you for those quests as well. If you don't already mm-hmm. own something, like let's say you roll and you get Glaceon and you don't own Glaceon, they give you a temporary Yeah, they give you a temporary license. A yeah. temporary license to play that and you can just take it into standard matches or take it into quick play matches mm-hmm. um up, which is I've actually really enjoyed playing some of the quick matches recently. So it's a nice way to grind events for sure, is playing quick mm-hmm. matches. So, yeah, for um, sure. Shorter, but I, usually. but the thing that we want to do next, because it is on the horizon, is mm. Umbreon yes. and Leafeon. The Umbreon, the classiest of the um, of the Eevees. and you Leafeon know, uh, maybe the derpiest. The, he, you know, I Leafeon was never my favorite. If I'm being honest, I thought it looked kind of doofusy. I also thought Glaceon looked doofusy. Um, but I do love me some Umbreon. Um, I, I, I wonder, you know, here's just a very quick question. I wonder if they'll ever get around to doing the original three EVs, or is this like a, like a concerted effort to do everything but the original three EVs? I don't know. And you, you make, you raise a good point. I mean, a lot of the ones we've seen so far, I think almost across the board are the expanded. Yeah, they are. It's it's all the expanded EVs and maybe they'll go backwards eventually and hit Flareon and Jolteon. And I never felt like we needed to have this many EVs in the game in the first place, but you know, but here we are, here we are with Umbreon and Leafeon coming out. Let me preview Umbreon for you guys. I'm sure most of you are aware of it. It's coming out this week. Uh, Obviously you'll probably have to either use a puzzle piece or uh, spend some gems to get it in the first week. Cause that's pretty much the part of the course now. 
Um, but let's just quickly run through the move. So what's interesting about um, Umbreon is it's a defender and a melee character, which again is different uh, than anything else uh, we've seen within the uh, um, within the evolution pool, right? So um, just high level view. Some of the moves that are are pretty neat is uh, on one side you have Mean Look. Um, and mean look allows you to target an enemy with like a lock on it's at range, but not like the longest range. Um, but it means that while, uh, Umbreon is within that circle, two things happen. One Umbreon's standard attacks become boosted and that enemy can move anywhere within the circle, but can't leave it for the duration, which I've already seen some test server play of it. And it genuinely, is crazy good. I mean, I feel like as a defender, the best thing you can do is just auto-target that Urshifu and say, ha, you can't leave the circle. Circle of trust here, Urshifu. <laughs> Tell me, what's what's really bothering you? Stop taking out your rage on my supports. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I have dubbed Mean Look as the seance move. Oh, you know, that makes sense. It does it does feel kind of seance. You're, it's you're a very creating cool, a dark circle spooky and you're like, field with an come, eye. Come sit <laughs> yeah. around my Ouija board. Uh I believe it also um one thing I'm not sure about is where Umbreon gets its shield from. You know, most of the EVs have passives that grant them shields. I've I don't yet know how Umbreon's uh passive shield works. Someone I'm sure does, but I don't. Uh, you might have to look it up. The other move is foul play. So this is interesting because this is going to allow, and this is going to feed into my point in a minute here. This is going to allow Umbreon to play very aggressively. You dash towards somebody, it slows them on a hit, um, and then allows you to charge it or use it again. And the second time, I believe it uh, pushes. So um, again, uh, pretty powerful disruption tool from a defender side in terms of a push, but it also allows you to gap close almost like an all rounder. Um, and of course with Umbreon being a, uh, melee damaging character, uh, the ability to quickly gap close, start pushing people back towards your teammates and keep slapping them with your tail, uh, pretty compelling, uh, move set. And then there's snarl. So on the other side, you have Snarl, which allows you to do consecutive damage in an area around you over time. Um, and when it's active, uh, you get a shield. So maybe this is the shield we've been looking at. Um, and uh, I believe when uh, at the end of the duration, it like does an extra pulse and stuns anybody in that area. Um, so... You know, it's going to synergize decently with either of the other two moves. One of them locks someone in place so they can't escape your snarl. The other one allows you to gap close and use your snarl. And um, so that very clear synergy there. And then, and then there's the other one. Uh, and just one more thing about snarl oh, in case you didn't yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah. Snarl reduces, significantly reduces the attack and special attack of those hit by snarl. So that's the major effect that it right. does. It is, it, it's a... It's yeah, it's a sap move. It it basically makes mm -hmm. you makes them do less damage to you as you're kind of trying to stay in their face. Yeah, and then you have uh, wish on the other side. I think it's wish, right? Or is it safeguard? Is wish? Yeah, it's wish. Okay, uh, which basically allows you to target yourself uh, or an ally, and 
after a short duration, they get a big pulse of healing. Is there, are there any additional effects? I don't have it in front of me right now. Um, are there so, any yeah, other the, additional effects? Yeah, just to elaborate slightly, if uh, when you're casting Wish, if you don't have an enemy on, or if you don't have an ally around you, it does take about, I think it's about a two second after you cast it and it hits a target, it takes about two seconds or so for it to go off. You'll see like a little yellow ring going around the bottom of whatever character it is. If you mm -hmm. don't have an ally near you, you can just cast it at will and it will heal yourself. So yep. it is very much a a tanky um or it is it is very much a healing move that is good even for yourself if you're kind of going to kind of be roaming around and um mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like Umbreon because of wishes if you're running wish is going to be really good at trying to back cap just because you're going to be able to kind of you get never have yourself to go home. out. Yeah, you'll always no. be able to heal yourself up between rotations. So here's the thing. Here's what I wanted to talk about. I think this is Umbreon has been one of the most exciting characters we've ever had, not just because everybody's such a big fan of it, not just because so many of these moves seem cool, and I'll talk about the Unite move in a second, but because, in my opinion, and this may not pan out, but I feel like Umbreon has been designed with the concept that it can be a truly hybrid character. It can be a defender in the traditional sense. You're pushing people off your goals. You're interrupting them from scoring. You're, you're providing stuns for your team to follow up on. You're bulky and hard to kill. It can be an all-rounder, chasing down kills, closing the distance, locking people down and blowing them up with big damage, uh, boosted attacks, and, and all that. Almost like you know you might see somebody do on you know a Zarina or a Machamp. Obviously, probably a little less effective. It can also be a bulky support with an ability that allows you to heal people on a delay for a pretty good chunk. This is the only defender that has a heal on it for another teammate. This Pokemon is going to be a Swiss army knife for competitive teams. And sure, it's possible that when it drops, there's a single moveset that's absolutely busted and broken and everyone will play that. But when it is in a balanced spot, this is going to be a Pokemon that can truly be played a bunch of different ways. It can be drafted early on in, in, a, in a tournament, and they can decide how they want to utilize it at the end, which is a very powerful thing to be able to do. In the same way that you might pick up a Blastoise uh, with the intent of going you know, Rapid Spin, um, Water Spout, and then by the end of the draft, realize, boy, we really need some more stuns. Let me go and grab Surf and Hydro Pump and play it more like a traditional defender instead. It's going to be like that, but it's going to be able to slot into a pseudo healer role. It's going to be able to slot into a true defender role topped with stacking. It could slot into a support defender role, focusing more on the lockdown and less on the damage. This is so cool for competitive draft unite. Yeah, now, I mean, speak, speak your truth, man. I mean, you've been high on Umbreon ever since seeing seeing the the character and and yeah. kind of understanding the implications of what we it appears it's going to be able to do and the flexibility of it. It it is it is it is awesome to see that Umbreon is not just going to be another defender into the game. It is almost creating its own separate role and what mm -hmm. it's able to accomplish similar in a way to kind of what I think Lapras is doing. Lapras yeah. is kind of redefining what a, another role of what a defender can look like. And Umbreon is taking a different stance still within the defender role, 
of filling a, a team comp out in a different way. So I think as we continue to grow our character pool, it's important that we're exploring the different roles and the different oh, aspects yeah. of it. And we're not just printing just a different skin on something we've already got currently in the game. And now it's just about which one of the two options is better. Umbreon mm-hmm. is going to be an individual, even amongst the Eevees. I think Umbreon oh, for is sure. Gonna it's be... going to be the most unique Eevee. I think even Leafeon, which we'll talk about in a second, is going to feel more like the other Eevees than Umbreon. But here's the last thing I want to say on Umbreon, the Unite move. Holy crap. Uh, a lot of people who are more uh, you know, in touch with everything already know this, but that Unite move can steal shields, uh, overshields from everything in its area. And of course, obviously does damage and stuns. Um, wow. I just think that this is going to be the best team fighting defender maybe in the game. The only shields it cannot steal are Rayquaza shields. After right. like you've after you've kill after your team kills Rayquaza, if an Umbreon comes up to you and and drops their unite move, they may burn damage. your they may do damage and burn your shields away, but they cannot steal them from you. But they can mm-hmm. do it on your regular unite moves. Any sort and of all shields of the getting them like, moves, like a comfy buddy barriers, comfy shields, yep. yep, yep, all of that. And when there's that, you know, inevitably you get these fights where there's a big mob of three or four people all ulting and just being able to say, you know, reset all of that with Umbreon is wild and be very, very cool. Let's touch on Leafeon here. Gibby, you want to give me the rundown here? Yeah, and I will. We we have a little less information. We've, we've seen gameplay that is on the public test server mm-hmm. about Leafeon, but we have a little less information of like direct text on what Leafeon is, like, does versus what we've got. If you're not in the public test server, we don't have this information, which I'm not. And I don't think DBN is either. Because you essentially have to have an Android and like connect to like Asia uh, in order to get on there. But we have a little less information on Leafeon, but we still have an understanding of what the moves do. So I'm going to run through those uh, quickly, similar to what DBN just did for Umbreon. Uh, first two moves that we've got are Swift and Quick Attack. Swift is, is the staple for all of the Eevees. Um, it's got its own kind of different swift. All the swifts are different depending on the EV you're playing. It's more like a shotgun blast. So it's going to shoot those stars kind of out in the spread. Um, should be relatively good for securing. We think as long as the damage isn't super low. And then uh, you've got quick attack and quick attack is going to kind of be a, a jump and lunge move. Uh, I think it does a little bit of damage as you land as well. So slight amount of damage, but a repositioning move. Uh, as a base kind of move that you get for for Leafeon. And then Swift turns at level four, same thing, evolves at level four, based off of uh, the kind of the kit of all of the Eevees. You get Razor Leaf or Solar Blade. Razor Leaf is a, both of these moves are really unique and really, really cool. So Razor Leaf is this move where you end up kind of shooting out all of these different leaves in a fan style that's they go out and then they kind of freeze in position and then you can hit that button again within a certain amount of time to call all of the leaves back to your person uh in a kind of a direct line and if the leaves hit anybody on the way on the path back to you they do damage as well so you can almost get two two different hits off of this and it's it's gonna be a really uh unique move that uh, you have to position yourself properly, not only to get the most out of the initial hit, so you don't just get one blade or two blades. You really want to be close to somebody so that way all of the blades hit before they get too far apart. But then it's almost kind of strafing around so you, that you can try to recall all of the leaves in a direct line and they go pop, 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 and hit somebody 
on the way back to you. The other move we have is Solar Blade. And Solar Blade is almost like a solar beam, but it's like a bonk. It's like a hammer. So you, Solar bonk. Solar bonk, as I'm calling it. So Solar yes. bonk, you, you hold down the move to charge it up. And then Leafeon look almost like looks up in the air, and then the the big beam comes down in front of you, and it's got a pretty wide area of effect and a pretty decent distance area of the effect. Range as well. is kind of yeah. Range on it is pretty good. Now there is a gauge that Leafeon has. It's chlorophyll gauge, and it uh, refills over time. Or there are also certain moves, I believe, um, that you get yeah. from your quick from your uh, your level six replacement as well that help build up your chlorophyll gauge. If your chlorophyll gauge is still recovering, then you still need to charge up the solar blade beam in order to get the full effect of it. Mm-hmm. If your chlorophyll gauge is at its uh, max full. already, if it's full, you just do the up and down. Your Leafeon will just look up and, and do that solar bonk immediately without you needing to charge it at that full power. So yeah, having and, that and chlorophyll gauge cl- is top is, is important. And just to be clear on the chlorophyll gauge, um, basically anytime you're wandering around not in a bush, you fill it up slowly. Oh, that's um, good. That's important clarification. Mm-hmm. And as it's uh, when it's full, you have increased move speed. So I was can, wondering where the where the movement speed came from in the gameplay. It's from the passive. Mm. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. And kind of unlike Dodrio's where you have increased move speed, but literally anything in the world turns it off. Uh, this is just charged up over time from wandering around. You could be taking damage, and as long as you don't use one of your moves that depletes your uh, gauge, you just have a lot of movement. <laughs> it's That's pretty cool. It's fantastic. And I, I forgot to mention at the beginning of it, Leafeon. Leafeon is a speedster. So yeah. this is it makes sense that it's got this kind of mobility, high damage, but we expect it to be a little fragile as well it is on squishy. some of the damage. So, it is squishy, yeah. At level six, quick attack replaces with either Aerial Ace or Leaf Blade. We'll talk about Aerial Ace first. Aerial Ace is kind of a dashing move. When you think about Aerial Ace from what we know, uh, the reference that we have is Aerial Ace on um, Talonflame, which is this big kind of charge-in move. And Aerial Ace is similar with Leafeon. It doesn't look like the the range on, on Aerial Ace is that great, but as I can understand, you have two charges of it that you can have uh, stacked up at any time uh, of aerial ace so they will kind of refill over time you may have might have one after you use it and it's charging the second dose of it back up and you can use kind of both in in sequence um, but you essentially dive dive bomb in and do some damage kind of jumping into the fray there's really not much more to it from that i know from just that that it's a repositioning move still a damage move it's almost like an upgraded quick attack but you get two charges of it. Leaf Blade is a little bit more of the damaging up front in your face move of the two. Leaf Blade is all Leaf Blade is also repositioning where you you um, as you're kind of holding down the button for Leaf Blade, you'll see this big circle uh, in your uh, around you in whatever direction you're trying to cast just in front of you, and you will jump into that circle and all of these leaves will start swirling around you. And about a, about a half a second after you jump into that space, the leaves all kind of circle and swirl and they do damage to everybody in the AOE uh, effect. So leaf blade 
is an AOE effect damaging and also an initiation tool for you to then be able to cast your Razor Leaf at close distance or your Solar Bonk. So it is a pretty pretty good solid damage move from what we can tell. Um, it, it's not insignificant in the damage. I don't know offhand, maybe you do DBN, if there is any sort of CC associated with Leaf Blade. Uh, Leaf Blade being the swirl in the circle one. Correct. Okay. Uh, I get Leaf Blade and and, uh, Razor Leaf. I've been mixing those up like all week as we've been seeing this preview and people are like, no, it's this one. No, it's this one. No, it's this Uh, one. Yeah, the the Spinny Circle one. Uh, The Spinny Circle one, I don't believe it has CC, but I'm I'm pretty sure it does uh, more damage based on if they're further from the circle. So like if Mm. you are in the center of the radius, it does less. If you're at the edge of the radius, it does more. Um, but the leap is really, really far. And of course, obviously, if you hit it, I don't think it charges chlorophyll on wild Pokemon hits, but it, it charges chlorophyll on like enemy Pokemon hits. And mm, just the combination important. there, it seems better than Aerial Ace for both movesets, frankly. But, um, you know, it's yeah, pretty if, strong. If you, really, <laughs> if you really need the repositioning and maybe we'll, maybe that opinion will change. Which oh, kind it, of it totally get a feel. could. When, when we get a feel for whatever adjustments they make on the PTS as it's being played, or if they adjust some of the the, the distance uh, on the jump on Aerial Ace or some of the damage numbers to it, or if Leafeon is just more fragile than we expect, then uh, I can expect that Aerial Ace may be more important, almost like a flame charge for, for Cinderace, just having the repositioning um, might be just more important. And then the yeah. ult for Leafeon is i don't know it's mid it doesn't necessarily feel like it does that much it's another one of those jump up and jump down yeah and do a little point. do a little bit of damage and i think you automatically get this uh, your, your chlorophyll gauge is, is automatically uh filled you get the speed on it 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 just feels like it's i don't know i feel like the damage is not significant enough Granted, some of the play that I've seen on the PTS initially, when Leafeon dropped on the public test server, there was a bug with the with the alt where it wasn't doing any damage. So they did take yeah. it down off the PTS for a little bit of time, so that way they could fix that damage bug. And I've now seen some corrected gameplay of it. It is AOE damage that does look like it hits, and then you have the ability to escape. But I don't know. It doesn't. It it feels, it feels okay. more like an oh shit button than any of the other evolutions, which feel like they have a more. Um, actually, it feels close to Sylveon's, right? Sylveon's is kind of an oh shit button too. A very um, a high healing oh shit button. So I don't know if there's a piece of the well, and I think that the extra chlorophyll charge is useful for things like Solar Blade. Like there's some synergy, but I agree, it does feel less impressive than the other ones. Yeah. So, and maybe there's some maybe there's some uh, additional effects to it, like if it gets a lot of like a defense or special defense or something like that, mm-hmm. or or attack stat buffs or something like that that we don't know, then we'll be able to assess that. And yeah. it is also worth noting. Correct me if I'm wrong, DBN, but Leafeon is a special attacker, right? Or uh, no, is, no, no, physical no, it's, attacker. It's, it's, it's a, a physical, physical attacker. It's Intellion yeah. that is a special attacker. Yes, yes. yes. Well, the, the, so the interesting thing, Gibby, if you were going to give way too soon uh, letter grades to, because now at this point, this is mostly what this episode is, give us a letter grade for Umbreon and then for Leafeon. Umbreon, I think Mean Look is incredibly strong, especially in that defender slot. The ult looks fantastic with the ability to be able to steal the shields. 
the one thing we didn't mention on Umbreon is that it does, I think at, at once it gets to level eight and it has its alt, mm-hmm. it has a built-in leftovers essentially where it runs around and it heals while it's not, it's not in combat. So it's got passive healing that it automatically gets. It is going to be very hard to take down already, especially if you have a smart player who knows when to engage and disengage. I I see this on par with like an initial Lapras uh, release. So I would put it at low S. I think Leafeon is going to do a good amount of damage. It's got some range. It's got a very unique build where it's going to play in this kind of mid-game space where it's not necessarily putting itself always in in danger, but is also going to do... It's going to be a decent initiator. It's going to do some good damage um, and be able to set up and also have a decent escape button, which is with the the passive speed that it's got from its full chlorophyll gauge. I would put Leafeon at an A, high A, only because of the underwhelming, as I understand it now, underwhelming alt. That makes sense. I am in total agreement. Umbreon is going to be S tier. There's just too much utility. I don't know what moveset will be S tier. I don't know what, you know, item set will be S tier, but I just know that Umbreon at some point, I believe will be S tier because of how much it can do. Um, and as and defenders are def, so this is my argument for both of them and why they're going to be high i agree leafeon's also a tier it is for the defender role having something that uh evolves once at four and then gets unite move at eight that can compete in the mid to late game is rare you've got a lot of great defenders out there blastoise and you know trevenant and stuff like that but they're harder to lane with. They're harder to scale with. Um, they some of them have you know like like I feel like Tree has great CC, but it's a lot harder to get the damage numbers at at times. Not all the time, but you know at times. Um, you know Blastoise is phenomenal, but struggles early, especially you know in the War Turtle levels. Um, you know you've got Gudra, which doesn't get the second move until eight. Brutal. So like. They're great defenders, don't get me wrong. Snorlax, awesome CC, does no damage. You have all these defenders with weak points, uh, specifically around laning and leveling, and Umbreon is going to be the best laning and leveling defender that you have. You know, level 8 Unite move is almost like a a Wigglytuff, but it's more survival. It'll do more damage than Wiggly. Um, Like, you know, it's so... S tier for in my in my prediction and Leafeon A tier, but for the same argument, I don't think it does anything from a damage perspective that's more that's better than Dodrio or Urshifu, which I'm I consider Water Bear basically a speedster, um, or Absol or anything like that. All of those things do probably more damage in chunks, but uh, especially compared to like Zoroa and. Uh, Doduo and some of these like you know early landing difficulties you're going to evolve into Leafeon at 4 you're going to get a ridiculously high damage move at 4 which is immediately going to start making clearing uh, and securing farm stupid easy and you're going to be able to do it safely in lane you're not going to have to take these speedsters to jungle like most of the other speedsters are safer and can get to their thresholds where they start popping off. You can do all of that from lane very safely and confidently. That's what's going to make Leafeon stand out. 
Um, so yeah, I, these both of these look to be really good. I'm excited for the community to get their hands on them. Let's briefly talk about the two Pokemon that got spoiled or leaked or whatever as they're on the test server now. We're not going to go into depth uh, on all the moves and all the things, but uh, just basic impressions. Um, Gibby, you want to run down Blaziken uh, for me? Sure. Blaziken is a new all-arounder that's going to be coming to the game at some point. I think it is going to be the latest of the, the furthest out. Furthest out, that's a good way to put it, of, of the of the Mons that we know of right now. Uh, uh-huh. Between the two that we're about to talk about, they're both set to come after Umbreon and Leafeon. But Blaziken is an all-arounder coming to the game that has been rumored for quite some time. Yeah. I think it's been over a year since people yeah. were heard, hearing rumblings that Blaziken, it's a fan favorite. So I, I know some people are really excited to see it in the game. I it is. Yeah. I, I've seen some some of the, the gameplay of, of its moves early on. It's got a very unique style it is Mm -hmm. very much in your face it's a physical attacker it's going to be doing it's got some aoe moves to it it's also got some dash in and kind of single target um but more importantly i think more the notable uniqueness of blaziken is that it doesn't have a traditional unite move similar to a um dragapult where dragapult has Mm, the that's a good point kind of multiple charges of its and it's you unite slot where it gets it back on like a five or ten second cooldown somewhere in there Blaziken has an alternate unite move as well that it can use almost as a third move where it looks like something to akin to like a stance swap where the both moves do something like slightly different Mm -hmm. Um, and then from there going forward until you use your unite move again Blaziken is in a different mode if you will running around the battlefield um, pairing with whatever moves you took Um, but it also doesn't look like it has a choice in what moves you took mm. is I think nope. what I saw. It, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You just have standard moves that you get at certain levels and you're like, okay, I'm equipping this one. I'm equipping this one. And then you get your Unite move and I've equipped this. And then when you use your Unite move, those two moves are slightly different um, when you're in well, the Well, they're, they're completely different moves, but they are none of them are like super bonkers impactful in the same way. But the idea, I, it seems, is that you like use the two moves unite move which has a small effect um but it but then switches to the other moves which are on different cooldowns so all four moves have different internal cooldowns and so you use the two moves swap use those two moves swap use the original two moves and you just keep it reminds i thought you might like it because it reminded me of like a street fighter like you know you create you doing all these combos you know mm. Um, I was always bad at I was always bad at uh like one on one fighting games like Street Fighter and Tekken and Mortal Kombat despite how much I love those those series and like I follow them quite quite closely I'm garbage at them but yeah <laughs> well, me too <laughs> but yeah it seemed really interesting um you know you've got some people you know early predicting that it's going to be the most powerful pokemon to come out we'll see you know I've I've long said that I think some of the issues with there are Pokemon that struggle um, right now in the game. Crustle, I think Dragapult's in a weird position. Um, but, you know, um, Mamoswine. Pokemon that don't have high-value, super highly impactful Unite moves for the end of the game can really feel, you know, un- underwhelming compared to things like Guardiolts and, you know, I mean, heck, uh, you know, Glaceon, Umbreon, um, Blastoise, Venusaur, like big teamfight alts at the end of the game or at the end of the day, like, you know, Rayquaza is the objective. 
even if it's I some mean, single single targeting like like a Serena ult, Serena ult, Slowbro ult, something like that. Like it's that's still so you're really going to be missing really out useful. on that. Yep. But so, but it sounds like it could be like the next Urshifu, uh, in terms of its you know impact in the in the mid game. The problem is, and I'll say this: it is a three stager. It is a three stager. So always got to consider that as well. Yeah. So um, let's tell us about Inteleon. Yeah, Inteleon, I think, is probably one of the weirdest kits and most bizarre mechanics we've seen yet, but I'm here for it. I actually don't care for the character in the mainline video games, but I get the feeling this is going to be a character that I'm going to get a at least a kick out of playing, even though I know Gibby's going to be the one like hardcore maining it. Um, so I'm uh, so excited to play it. I just hope that the kit doesn't suck. It's a James Bond lizard. Um, and that's literally what it is. It's James Bond, the lizard Pokemon. Um, real quick. I am, once it comes out or from here going forward, I am yeah. no longer calling it Inteleon. I'm calling it finger guns, finger guns. Yeah, dude. Uh, well, spoiler alert. That's one of the moves. What's cool about it is it's a water, uh, little gecko Pokemon. Um, it has some really unique mechanics in it. First off the passive, when you're standing next to a wall, uh, for more than a couple seconds, you go invisible and gain a crit charge. I don't know what we're actually calling it, but let's just call it what it is. It's a crit charge. You can help store up to three of these crit charges. I, um, I like to call them crit crystals or crit crystals. Crit, crit crystals. It's hard to say. I'm not calling it that. Um, bullets. You're storing up some bullets for the James Bond Pokemon. Uh so it's like so, golden gun charges golden yeah there you go <laughs> um but yeah so uh and then the next time you would do an attack or use a move it if you have one of those charges it will autom- it will automatically crit it will always crit um and so you are incentivized to play close to walls get the invisible get the extra um you know, charge up the bullets, uh, and then, you know, take the fights, uh, using those bullets that you've charged up. It's an interesting playstyle akin to comfy. That's jumping in the bushes to gather more, um, leaves. Now the moves are really wild. So I'll start by go- talking about the, uh, m- you know, mobility moves. First, you have acrobatics where you are literally doing parkour, you jump towards somebody, and if it's if you touch like an enemy or a wall, you can then redirect, similar to a blaze kick, to bounce off of them or bounce over them, kind of like a high jump kick from Dodrio or a uh, or yeah, like a blaze kick. But it works just passively running around. You can just do acrobatics off of walls, and if you get a bounce, you get a a crit charge. Uh, then you have Fell Stinger, where you literally throw a grappling hook. It does a little bit of damage if it hits an enemy, but if it hits a wall, it pulls you to the wall and makes you instantly go invisible and get a crit charge. So you, so you're doing the classic like you know, uh, kids animation thing where you're like back against the wall, like hugging the wall as you walk around corners and go invisible. You're grappling, hooking to things. Um, you know, you, you're you're building up uh, these these crit charges and attacking from the shadows. Um, now the two moves that deal damage, uh, one of which is the finger guns (laughs) where you dual wield 
Inteleon's dumb little gecko fingers, which shoot water blasts, and it basically is like Icicle Spear from uh, Glaceon, right? Where, you know, once you've connected, you can back away, and it'll shoot a series of these blasts. Um, They're lock-on, so you don't need to worry about aiming. Now, what's cool is, if you have a crit charge, all of these little hits will all crit for the full duration of it. Um, Then on the other side, you have Snipe Shot, where you stand still and basically charge up a long range version of uh kind of deciduized arrow, uh, which does damage, which doesn't do a lot of damage, but it will, it can crit. So if you have the crit charge, it does do a lot of damage. Now I think it happens needs to probably do a little more damage or charge a little quicker. It seems a little bit underwhelming now, but I'm sure with the amount of time that they will have to adjust this Pokemon before it releases, these things will get sort of brought more in line. But the extra cool thing is you can do and charge this thing from invisibility without breaking invisibility until you shoot it. So really, really oh, I'm neat. so ready to neat, catch some people mechanics. off guard. Um, you know, you go and watch videos. Um, you know, Spragles and Chris Heroes have been, and I'm sure the others, but those are the two that I watch. Uh, I'm, I, I'm a loyalist. I'll just watch the same people. But, um, you know, go watch them and, and see how these, you know, different moves interact. Some really neat mechanics with Inteleon. Obviously, it's an attacker Pokemon, squishy as heck. Um, but uh, as a special attacker, um, it seems surprisingly decent in lane because you're able to secure really consistently with the crit meters. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff to get excited for. That is finally, we've made it through all the different Pokemon that are going to be coming to the game in theory. Um, next time we talk, we will probably look even further forward at some of the spoiled, uh, you know, other things, including future battle passes, uh, changes to, uh, some, some key settings, including, and, in, uh, possibly surrender <laughs> votes, which I'm very thrilled about. Um, some balance, uh, patch notes, which seem to have been on the test server, the private test server and are being spoiled, uh, as well as a tower defense mode, that'll be cool we can't wait to talk about it we're going to try to record another episode in the next week so that we can keep you know bringing these out um and yeah we'll probably come back as well with some sort of fun uh you know maybe a a captain's clash or maybe a who's that pokemon segment i don't know let's do something fun on the next episode i think Uh, we're due for a captain's clash i think we have a captain's clash in a while and the draft mode is much more different than it used to be so um we should absolutely do that gibby uh for now though we're gonna go ahead and sign off get on out of here uh thank you all so much for listening of course you can check the show notes if you want to link to either our uh, discord page where you can get in touch with us, give us feedback on the show, give us ideas for the show, or just talk about things like how strong is Chandelure. Uh, You can also check out our Patreon. Of course, you know, as little as a buck a month really does actually go a long way for us to be able to, you know, improve things on the back end, you know, pave to get things, you know, set up uh, as well as, you know, occasionally even we've run some community events, maybe not for unite yet, but maybe in the future, who knows? Um, so we have that Patreon set up, and that is for all of the different podcasts within our little small family network. Um, and you can check out those other shows. That's um, Almost Legends, which is a tabletop RPG game currently set in the Avatar, The Last Airbender Universe. 
uh, or Legends Cast, which is a uh, podcast that reviews digital card games, a new card game every month. And uh, over the next two months, actually, as an expanded project, uh, we are going to be covering Hearthstone, returning to Hearthstone for the first time in like three years. So that should be uh, exciting and I'm sure full of frustration once you get to the 40-pack limit. Uh, Thank you guys (laughs) so much for listening. Uh, This has been a blast. Uh, Don't forget to... I forget. I know, right? It's... uh, Come on now. Don't forget to have fun, show up to Rayquaza, and ping your lanes. We'll see you next time.